0: Hey, when was the last time you read some of the stuff we wrote for our blog back in 2017?
1: Honestly, uh, I never read some of
0: it. This plot hook playlist was so ill-conceived. I mean, what made us think people wanted to base their game around songs that we like? Let me see... Chemicals Between Us by Bush? (laughs) Yeah, that's relevant to like, uh, two people. And one of them is me. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Creating content that only appeals to us isn't the best entertainment model.
1: It also explains why our NBA Jam episode underperformed. Good chance a lot of people don't even know what that game is.
0: Okay, but this is good, though. This conversation, you know? Like, it opens our eyes to what the listeners really want and not just what we like.
1: Totally, totally. Uh I guess we should keep that in mind.
0: So what were you working on?
1: Oh, I found some content that would let me build my character based on my dog, Max.
0: Oh, that's gold.
1: Garen, you ready? It's about to drop.
0: Do it! Dungeons
1: and Dragons. Dan here. I started out in 5e. And me? I was sitting behind the DM screen. Yeah, that was three short years ago. I built a
0: dragonborn fighter with no gusto. Fast forward a year. We're buying supplements and copping brand new gear. Incessantly making characters for
1: one another. The only one who cared, of course, was our brother. Building new
0: characters, score them all day, each and every week, a brand new baby. How's their melee? How's their range? How's their magic? How controlling? How (laughs) range?
1: It's not a category.
0: Just keep going.
1: Uh, I think we were here? a comfy chair and a glass of mead. Another fresh episode in your feed. Other podcasts can be kinda drab. This ain't one, it's the Character Lab. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, a show based around the one thing we, as players, cannot resist.
0: And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each episode, we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey, it's Garen. And I'm still mourning the loss of Sardar Klon. It's Dan here.
1: This week we dive into a massive 203-page book written all by one man, and that man is Connor McCall. We previously featured Connor's title, The Book of Dragons, last year, and now he's back with Tome of Warfare.
0: Now this beast has new subclasses for seven of those classics, but also two prestige classes and four original classes built from scratch.
1: Plus feats, items, optional rules for combat, siege weapons, and fortifications, and even spells.
0: It's just a staggering amount of work the fact that connor puts this all together by himself is so impressive he's got a lot of original ideas there's a lot of great stuff to look through here so of course we each picked one and i would like to introduce you to my creation and his name is borovic the gith came when i was but a boy Ripping holes in the sky with their fleet of red dragons and scorching our villages. The scorching was minimal, but that was only because they wanted to stay as our rulers. We were Shemeyar tough, but not dumb. The village elders knew we were outmatched and bent a knee to the gift. temporarily. I was raised amongst their children, used as a training dummy when the young Gith were brought through to our world to practice the art of combat. They are fast, so I must learn tricks to avoid being beat into the ground. It was my tricks that caught the eye of the young Gith that was being groomed to be Admiral of the dragon fleet. His name was Gradrak, and he chose me as his personal training dummy. I was now beaten to the ground time and time again. but it taught me so much about knowing your enemy's movements and how to use their skill against them. Gradrak and I compared notes on occasion, but he never admitted that I knew as much as I did, choosing to classify my skill as a shadow of his own. When our revolution came, I personally struck down Gradrak. Ah! After years of following at his heels, it was his confidence that bought me the second necessary to get the first strike. I slashed his thigh, a deep gash that tore the muscle. As the blood fell from the cut, we both knew I had already won, but that didn't stop him from coming at me with the fury of one of his dragons. As in that fury, he gave me this scar, but right after he did, I plunged my own blade into his chest, and I left it there. Swords are gith weapons. I use the flail because it reminds me of the strength of the Rashemi people, hard and deadly, and that we Rashemi always come back around. And so, I present Borovic, a Rashemi human. He is a Crusader, original class, level 6, and he is the Lackey background.
1: Well, Garen, I think myself and the listeners can agree that a variant human with the Lackey background is quite Borovic. So, I hope he lives up to his name. Looking forward to learning a little bit more about this. But before we get into the categories that we've laid out for one another and scoring these creations, I'd like to introduce you to Roke. For centuries, stone giant monks prayed at the monastery at the top of the ice pyre peak to give them stone strength and resolve, as well as patience and resilience against the harsh elements and any natural predators and warmongers that lingered below. You see, these monks were not like other giants. They were peaceful and non interventionist in which they lived, however, was dangerous. The warlord below was a powerful mage that wanted control of all of the land above as well as below him. He tried to make contact with the giant, use them to his advantage, but to no avail. They were not interested in bargaining with him, and they wished to be left alone. Angered by this, the mage sparked a powerful, magical blizzard that broke off the peak of the Ice Peak mountain and destroyed the monastery along with the giant monks inside. Hundreds of years passed, and the mad mage was no longer the warlord in the land below. The prominent rocky mass that once stood atop of the Icefire Peak began to slowly animate. Mad as hell, and with the dedication and strength of the mountains from which it came, Roke was born. Roke is a level 6 stone child, that's right. He's a Stone Man, path of the War Hulk Barbarian with the elemental background. Now, the race is from a supplement by Supreme Slayer off of DM's Guild called the D&D Racial Handbook for 5th Edition and the archetype is from Tome of Warfare, the supplement we're featuring this week, and the background I straight up made it up. It has no features, I just made it up <laughs> because I couldn't find an elemental background.
0: But you created your own content, which we have done on occasion. And if I know our content well enough, this will also be uh, terribly imbalanced.
1: Oh, no, it, it's a background. And by that, I mean, it's just a name. Elemental, because he's a rock. He used to be a mountain. He has no features in that background. That's just a straight up name. Just a title.
0: That's nice. It's like on his yep. business card. That's Bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Braille. Okay, I respect that. I like that. Dan, I think we've talked before about how this show and D&D in general has really brought out your creative side. I mean, you've been writing these backstories. They're like mini fantasy novels. You don't even read fantasy novels, do you? I don't. You should write one, at least a tiny one. (laughs) I'm sure it would
1: probably be dark and somewhat predictable.
0: All right. Patrons, if you come in now at the $65 level, Dan will send (laughs) you a copy of his tiny, dark fantasy novel.
1: That's right, that's right, but you know what? Before I get to writing that masterpiece, I need to to reload on my equipment, man. My supplies are low. So what are you going to do? I got to head on over to Tabletop Loot. They're full of great products and even more heart. Their store has shirts, mugs, tote bags, and hordes and hordes of dice. And what really makes this place special is they regularly support gaming in schools by having sales where each and every dice set sold means that one will be donated to a school gaming program. And what's more is their dice selection... Simply cannot be beat. We don't have time to go through all of that this week, though, because there's too many to pick from. But I'll tell you which one I would buy when playing Roke. And that's Rolling Thunder. With its white and gray, it reminds you of the tippy, tippy top of the Ice Spire Peak with just a touch of fury of a stone giant. When you click on the link in the show notes and get a set for your next character or even your current character, use the code LABRAT. That's L-A-B-R-A-T to get 15% off your total purchase. This works on everything in their store except the Metal Norse Foundry Dice. So, head on over to Tabletop Loot, grab some fresh loot, and give your old dice the
0: boot. Thank you, Dan and Tabletop Loot, for that message. Now, if you're just joining us, I'll explain the show format. If you aren't, too bad! We have nine categories we prepared arguments for. In each, we will state why our characters deserve a score between negative two and positive two. A positive two is the wonderful battle scenes in the movie Braveheart. In the movie Braveheart. And a minus two is when you and your friends play Braveheart in the backyard with pool noodles and paper towel rolls. Now finally, once per show, each of us will be able to force the other to roll for the score in which we are arguing as a charisma save using the charisma score for our character. Then at the end, whoever has the most points wins. So we always start with the melee category, and this episode will be no different. But I'm just prefacing it a little bit harder because I have a Crusader, which is very Martially balanced and focused... And you have a Barbarian, so we're going to start real strong, it's going to get stupid in the middle, and then we're going to end strong, I assume, right? Yeah. Okay, so I I guess I'm starting? I'm starting. A Crusader at level 6 has two attacks. You know they do. I got that flail, as I mentioned in my backstory, with a plus 6 to hit, 1d8 plus 5 bludgeoning damage. I have also got a couple of features I'm throwing at you right off the bat. Here's the deal. Crusaders, I took the Knight Archetype. I have stances and strikes, so one of my strikes is called Swift Strike. When I take the attack action, I can attempt to attack so impossibly fast that for me, time seems to stand still. I make one additional attack as part of the attack action. So that will expend one of my strike uses, for which I have points equal to my Charisma per short or long rest. So I have two strikes per long rest, and if I use one of those, I get three attacks for my turn. But I'm not done! I've also got Smite at 2nd level of being a Crusader. I can make a melee weapon attack and add my Charisma modifier to the attack roll. If it hits, it deals an extra damage equal to the 1d6 plus Crusader level. The damage is the same as the weapon's type. I get three uses of that per long rest. And finally, I have Furious Counter-Strike, which deals extra damage based on my delayed damage pool, which I won't explain until tankiness category. But Dan, as you can see, this is already A very strong melee category for me. I'm arguing a plus two.
1: I wanna agree with you, but I don't know a lot of what you're talking about. So
0: I'll take your word for it. You're gonna roll for it. Okay, making me roll off right off the bat. As I mentioned, I got that plus two to charisma. 15 or better to get that 17 DC. I rolled a 14, which is just barely not enough.
1: (laughs) I'm arguing a plus two as well. I've got four rages, two attacks per turn. I've got a feature of this war hulk barbarian called mighty swing which at third level uh, allows you to attack and swing widely affecting multiple targets while you're raging and you target a creature with a melee weapon attack you can choose another creature within five feet of the target and within your reach that creature becomes a target of the attack use the same attack roll for each target but make each damage roll separately you can use this feature once per turn oh I have a great axe, dealing out one D twelve plus four slashing, and of course those rage bonuses would be figured into that as well. So I think this is an easy plus two, pretty nifty.
0: That's very nice. I do like you can use that once per turn, but I think I've got more to offer in this category than you. Oh, but you're a plus one. Well, I'm deserving of a plus two. It's just a one on the scorecard.
1: the dice begs to differ.
0: The dice does not determine worth. It just, it's a chance Don't roll. you say that around your dice. It's crying. My little pink D20. That's right. I use a bespeckled pink D20 when I do this show, guys, and usually I fail with it. So maybe it's time to catch this one in. I'm going to go head over to Tabletop Loot. Link's in the show notes. All right, I'll take a plus one. We'll go one for one
1: here. Perfect. But what about ranged? i going to plus two. I've got five javelin, but I also have something called Mighty Throw, which at six level... You could treat objects and creatures that weigh 50 pounds or less as thrown weapons. What? With a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60. You're proficient when you throw something in this way, and you use your strength modifier for the attack and damage rolls. If the projectile you throw is an object, it deals 2d8 bludgeoning damage on a hit. If the projectile you throw is a creature, it lands prone and takes 2d6 bludgeoning damage, plus any damage it would take from falling. So if you threw it from a cliff, for example, per 10 feet, you'd get an additional... 1d6 on top of that if the projectile you throw is a creature and you throw it at another creature make an attack roll against the target if it hits both creatures take 2d8 bludgeoning damage plus that strength modifier and are knocked prone Uh-oh. the targeted creature isn't knocked prone if it is large or larger and if the attack misses the thrown creature lands prone in an unoccupied space next to the target and takes 2d6 bludgeoning damage you can only throw a creature if you are grappling it plus 2
0: you can throw creatures up to 50 pounds. That's right. I love that. It sounds horrifying because there's a lot of really tiny, adorable creatures you could be throwing. How much do gnomes weigh? I would say gnome more than 50 pounds. <laughs> Plus two for the gnome pun. How about you? I'm arguing a zero. I have a longbow to which I am proficient.
1: All right. No objection. Let's take this into burninating. What kind of magic damage are you dealing out at six level?
0: Well, one of my other strikes is the Crusader Strike. It is the one that you have to take. You get to choose the other two strikes from the list of strikes. So when I hit a creature with a weapon attack, I can choose to make it a Crusader Strike. It deals an additional 1d8 plus triple the current bonus of my Furious Counter-Strike feature, which I still haven't explained yet, but that would be up to 15. But that would be at very high level. The damage type changes to Radiant if I'm good or Necrotic if I'm evil. I also have my 6th level feature of being a crusader and that is the ardent hammer which is key empowered strikes but for my weapon. It's a, kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. Is that all you got? Yes, that's it. I am arguing a +1.
1: Well, before I go into whether or not I'm going to award you that +1 or agree or disagree. I think I need to let you in on a little bit of personal info, Garen. Oh, what's this? My junior high school team was known as the Crusaders.
0: Really? Were you on the team?
1: No, no, no. By no means. I did the morning announcements. But (laughs) I will tell you this.
0: (laughs) But I will tell you this. I totally see that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was your first experience in radio. And here you are today on a marginally successful niche podcast. That's right. Do you think more people listen to you on the morning announcements or now? Oh, definitely on the morning
1: announcements. All right, I think you're worthy of a plus one. I just wanted to crack open the dungeon door a little bit and, and let in some light into Dan's personal life. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we never talk about our
0: personal lives.
1: Now take us into control. How controlling are you in and out of the battlefield as a Crusader? Wait, you
0: didn't even tell us your magical damage.
1: Oh, well, that's because I
0: only have magic stone. I'm arguing a margin of minus one. Oh! Yeah, of course you can have a minus one for magic stone. I kind of like that spell, even though it's bogus. It just it amuses me. It's cute. You know, there's all this really intense, powerful Morninkainen's private sanctum. But then there's a spell just called Magic Stone. I like that.
1: And for control, I think that you're going to like this even more. I'm arguing a minus one because I have 40 foot movement speed. That's not worthy
0: of minus one. Did I mention that's 80 feet when I take the dash action? Nope, nope. Because then we'd have to be like considering deducting a point anytime we take a race that only has 25 feet of movement speed. Like, when you made that stupid mare folk that could only go 10 feet, that made sense.
1: You're good with the minus one, is what you're saying?
0: I've, I'm i good with the minus two.
1: No, no, no. All right. So in a rage, I get advantage on strength. Check. I mean, I could go through that whole rigmarole. Oh,
0: uh, okay. Yeah, don't get fake listy with me. I'll take the minus one then. Here's what I got. I have got some racial features, like great climber. Climbing doesn't have my speed. I got great leaper. I can make a running jump or a high jump using only five feet instead of 10 feet of movement. <laughs> and i've got the stance of alacrity i gain an extra reaction on each round which can only be used to make an opportunity attack and i have advantage on attack rolls for opportunity attacks for the round i'm arguing a plus one
1: yeah sure you've got a lot more to bring to the table than i do i'll be honest karen i'm my judgment is a bit clouded as i just laid out a rudy tootie pip pop BRAP. that's right folks right here in the dungeon i've let out one of the farts featured in our fart supplement, now for sale, for free, on DM's Guild.
0: That's right. If you thought our fart joke from a couple weeks ago was just a joke, it was not. That's really something you can download on DM's Guild. Links in the show notes. But you know it's harder to keep down than a real rambunctious fart? What's that? Borovic. I have got some stances. I mentioned a stance before with the stance of alacrity. I've got two more stances in the tankiness category. Stances are the other half of my knight features. I've got my strikes and my stances. I get stances equal to my strength modifier per long rest, which for me is a plus three. I can take one as a bonus action and I keep that stance for one minute or until I move away from where I'm standing. So while you have the stance active, you get all the benefits of it. So one of my stances is the dodge stance where attack rolls have disadvantage against me, but I have disadvantage on attack rolls. Just moving real quick. So I can't even control my own flail. I've also got the dancing sword stance, or dancing flail stance. When I enter this stance, as a bonus action on subsequent turns, I can choose a creature within 30 feet of me that I can see. I don't provoke opportunity attacks from that creature for the current turn. This is like control and tankiness. I kind of like that. That's a good way to move away from my foes.
1: But let me ask you this. What if the
0: creature you're targeting is a flail snail? Yeah, then that's just some flail on flail action. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at, dude. A flail on flail would be tough, because the flails would probably get all twisted up on each other. You know, the DM would have to decide what happens at that point. I'm seeing maybe a strength check.
1: Oh, I would think it would
0: be a flail check, but yeah, you're right. But I'm not done here. Can I keep going? Can I continue? Revitalizing Strike! This is one of my strikes. When I hit a creature with a weapon attack, I can become invigorated by the success. I gain temporary HP equal to 1d8 plus half my level rounded down. I have my steel resolve, which is where my furious counter strikes from earlier play into this is a combo feature which i thought was very nice i get a delayed damage pool which at my current level is 10 hit points what happens is when i take damage instead of taking that damage i can add that damage to my delayed damage pool at the end of my turn i take the damage stored in my delayed damage pool and that resets to zero so if i take 10 damage before it's my turn i can store it till the end of my turn and then my furious counter strikes, then get a plus two damage modifier on all attacks. So at the end of my turn, I will take all that damage. That's my steel resolve. When you also take my AC of 16 and 66 hit points, I'm arguing a plus two.
1: There's a lot of features, but your AC and your HP, not impressive. All those features and you're gonna call me a plus one? All right, fine, take your plus two. Thank I'm you. two. I'm arguing a plus one. I've got 96 HP, AC of 14. I also have resistance against saving throws for becoming petrified as well as the poisoned condition. Plus one. Ooh. Okay. That, folks, is a feature of the race, the Stone Child. If you guys are looking to see where I came up with that, uh, again, link is in the show note for that supplement. Now, moving into Ally Assist. How do I help my friends? I'll have you know that written in my notes,
0: I've got Throw-A-Bish. Wait. Are you throwing your friends for a good reason? Who's saying I'm throwing a friend? So you're throwing other people away from your friends. I'm throwing people at other
1: people to save my friends. I'm throwing my friend at the birthday bash into the bouncy castle. Yay! I am throwing yep. the dwarf at the basketball hoop at the pool party so he can do an epic dunk. Go, 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 go,
0: go.
1: <laughs>
0: Throw a bish. Minus one. You know what? I like throwing people so much that I will allow this. But if it shows up again in the charisma scenario, I'm going to be a little hard on you. What I have is my background feature. Over the course of hard and strenuous work, I have learned how to exhibit feats of strength in manual tasks like carrying things. My strength score is considered five points higher for the purpose of carrying capacity and the weight I can push, drag, or lift. That's about as helpful as throwing a bish. Alright, so minus one's all around. But you know who is getting a plus two... An ally assist this week is Red Horse Rainbow, who wrote a review of our show that just said, Love it! Really enjoyed this podcast, making characters for Dungeons & Dragons is one of my favorite things to do. These guys flesh out all kinds of different characters and really give you a taste of what it might be like to play those characters. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, Red Horse Rainbow. Hope you're still listening. Love you. Mean it! And guys, if you want to get
1: your review read on air, give a five-star review over on iTunes. We'll shake the dice. And we, if your number comes out, we'll, we'll read you.
0: That is the smooth lingo of a man who read the morning announcements. Taking it into ability balance. I'm going to run through this really quick because there's something I want to talk about. Strength of 16, Dex of 12, Con of 12, Intelligence of 11, Wisdom of 10, Charisma of 15. I got four proficiencies. I think this is a solid plus one for balance. But the thing I want to talk about is kind of the balance of the Crusader itself. Because let me recap really quick what I got going on here. I have got class features of the Crusader, like the Magical Weapon Attacks and the Smite, which does bonus damage three times per long rest. But then when I took Knight at third level, I got three Stances and three Strikes. I can use the Stances equal to my Strength modifier per short or long rest, and I can use the Strikes equal to my Charisma modifier per short or long rest. So take the Battlemaster. They get four Superiority die per short or long rest. I could... If I built an imbalanced character, I could have, you know, a minimum of one. I have five currently at sixth level, and that number can obviously increase if I increase my strength or charisma. Also, I think what kind of pushes this crusader into a little overpowered territory is the fact that I have so much variety. I get to choose both stances and strikes. When you're the battle master, you only get to choose... A couple maneuvers and then you get pick, you pick additional maneuvers at later levels i like what he did there he tried to balance it out by only allowing you to choose one extra at later levels while the maneuvers are two but still i feel like this class just does a bit too much i think that needs to be dialed back a little bit on how often these things can be used But that being said i love what the features themselves actually do i love the stances and the strikes i encourage you guys to get this book and to read these we'll talk more about that later but uh, they are very fun i just think i have a bit too much variety here so long story short i'm arguing a plus one on ability balance
1: okay guys i took a little nap and uh i'm back and i heard plus one and that's better than plus two in balance so i'll take it great summary garen now plus two for me I'm thinking uh, I'm just going to run through these numbers here. I've got a Strength of 18, Dex of 10, Constitution of 18, Intelligence of 10, Wisdom of 12, Charisma of 10. Nothing below 10. I think that's pretty good. Proficiencies in Nature as well as Survival. And, of course, the Saving Throws in Strength and Constitution at a plus 7 each. Passive Perception of 11. Obviously, no spellcasting, but there is that HP of 96 and an AC of 14. I think this is a fairly well-balanced Barbarian.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, folks... We are about to head into the arguably best part of the show. My, definitely my favorite part of the show, and that is the Christmas Scenario submitted by a patron, who this week is Ryan Lefley, and he says, You've fallen on some hard times. As a result, you've taken up bounty hunting to make ends meet. Your current target is a local bandit who either holed up in a nearby camp. When you arrive, you stay out of sight at the tree line, and you see that the bandits in the camp are currently feasting. Short distance away, you see a rival bounty hunter, squatting in the tree line as well, about to make his move. How do you capture the leader for the other bounty hunter and get out of there with your skin? What do you do, Roke?
1: Well, barbarians are not smooth, and uh, I'll be honest with you, people that are made out of rocks are even less so. But... I would try and distract him by casting Magic Stone and aim for the area behind him so that he had to keep turning around to see what that noise was.
0: While he was distracted, I'd take care of the business. So, you go in and get the, you get the bandit leader while continuously casting Magic Stone? Magic Stone, take me home. Uh, I have a feeling you just threw this Magic Stone in here because I said I liked it.
1: I'm arguing a minus one.
0: Okay, that's a minus one. Alright, I am arguing a plus one here i pull out my longbow and i start firing at the opposing bounty hunter with fury and i rush out yelling for the bandits to get down now let's get down and party and that i have a bounty on that bounty hunter and that he has a bounty on them after i finally bring him down because i just unloaded on this guy i accept their offer to stay and feast with them I befriend the bandit leader, telling him great stories. And maybe we even go on a few raids together. I join the bandit crew. And then when his birthday rolls around, uh, I tell him I have something special planned for him. And I drive him to his surprise birthday party, which is right into the waiting hands of the client that put a bounty on him in the first place. Plus one.
1: Yeah, this is is the long game. Here's the problem. So many assumptions. Not smooth. Very aggressive. You have murdered a man in this scenario. Not smooth. He's a bounty hunter. No one cares. No, no, no. This is, you are every bit as of a minus one that I am. Not even close to a plus one. This is not smooth. I should get a zero You're for operating. creative over you. No. Uh-uh.
0: No. You're just th- casting magic stone, which probably requires verbal and somatic components. Don't you talk trash about magic stone. You know I love it, but it is not an appropriate distraction when you're also trying to accomplish something else.
1: You've murdered a man in the smooth operator scenario. He's a bounty hunter. Who
0: cares? Everybody loved it when Boba Fett died.
1: You're operating under the assumption that by murdering this dude, that people are going to be okay with it and buy your
0: sorry story. Now, what's your deception? They're bandits. They love murder. It's a plus two. Roll it. All right, here it is. Hold on, hold on while I look up Magic Stone. Oh, Magic Stone is only a bonus action. That, that does give you a little bit of leeway. I rolled a natural 15 plus 2 on that Deception.
1: All right, fine. They buy it. Take your 0. You're not getting a plus 1, though. So how do you handle this aggressively? Because I, I have a feeling that we already covered the aggressive part, but somehow you're going to take this to another level.
0: Okay. So using my Steel Resolve... Which allows me to delay damage. I rush in and just grab him around the neck. So I'm under a hail of attacks, right? And I just hope that my damage pool and my natural tankiness holds out till the end of my turn when I get him back to the battle cart that I've stashed under the bushes. Then I pass out from blood loss in the back of the cart while my baby driver takes off.
1: What are you arguing? Zero. So many assumptions here, man.
0: What am I assuming?
1: That you have a battle cart, that you've got a baby driver.
0: I think those things were all in my backstory, if you listen closely.
1: I can speak for everyone and say that no one was listening to that.
0: So, which one do I not have, my cart or my baby driver?
1: Alright, take it zero, I don't care. (laughs)
0: Because you know I have both. Plus
1: one, I'm arguing a plus one, I'm arguing a plus one. I throw a tree from the tree line at the dude, and then (laughs) rush with my 40 foot move speed, and make it rain, great axe blows right on him. Hold up!
0: Okay, I just Googled how much does a tree weigh. It's 3.55 tons. Uh, it's a smaller tree, a 50-pound tree. Uh, but, but hold on, but you are proficient in nature, right? Yeah. So give me a nature check to spot a 50-pound tree.
1: All right, well, I just rolled a natural one, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you either throw a stick or you try and pull a redwood out of the ground.
1: They all look 50 pounds, give or take.
0: So you're saying that the plus one is warranted? No, because I told you if throwing showed up again, I would not allow it.
1: That is the key characteristic of this class.
0: I'm sorry, you've used it several times now. You've delighted and entertained, but I cannot allow another point on this.
1: So, moving into X-Factor, which is the unscored portion of the show, and answers that nagging question, would you play this character in a campaign? I'll start us off yeah i like this barbarian i like the idea of throwing people i did not find this to be in any way overpowered i saw this as a nice variant of the barbarian i kind of like the barbarian third party content because there's really not a whole lot that you can do to add features to a barbarian you know it only offers a couple of opportunities for customization for the archetype so i've featured the grappler that was by crit academy that was kind of like you know really expounded upon different grappling scenarios and things like that for the barbarian this one pick people up throw them pick objects up throw them use them as weapons i really like that has this sort of like improvised tavern brawler kind of feel to it and also can be a a big game changer and help build the world because you're constantly being perceptive about what's around you
0: yeah that's true i i think barbarian paths tend to be focused around one simple thing and when that simple thing is handled correctly, it's a lot of fun. And I think this was very successful in doing that.
1: Yeah, and just to touch briefly on the race, it came out of the supplement of just a ton of races for 5th edition. Um, I kind of liked this sort of rock elemental guy. Uh, and it did give the, the uh, advantage against saving throws of being petrified as well as the poison condition. Otherwise, not a whole lot of unique features here other than magic stone. Uh, but you know it's it's a, it's a neat little take uh, i think it's something a little bit more interesting than the earth genasi that you would uh, otherwise be pretty much constrained to
0: i'm always down with a little bit more earth elemental stuff in my game i appreciate that
1: well so now would you play your build this week in a campaign
0: yeah obviously i had some thoughts on this subclass here but i still think that this is a really nice class and the the knight itself was a very good subclass i liked it um i picked it because fighting stances always delight me it reminds me of a uh, stormlight archive if anyone reads those brandon sanderson's book they talk about like smoke stance and wind stance which just sounds so cool and really puts you in the moment for the action scene so getting to actually assume a stance when you're fighting feels really good i love that i like the variety of the strikes and the stances themselves and really i think that this class is successful It's just, in my opinion, it could be dialed back a little bit on functionality overall to kind of bring it in line with everything else. But I would absolutely play this martial class. It has a lot to offer the table, and I feel like I'm contradicting myself because I do really love variety when it's your turn, not only having, you know, swing with your weapon every single time. So
1: Well, and, Garen, I think it's important to note that sometimes on the show we have opinions about balancing... Uh, of the content that we're featuring and we just want to take this opportunity to address the fact that we don't hold our opinion in any high esteem it's really for our own personal tastes and, and what we'd feel comfortable playing uh, at a table
0: and that really is the beauty and the challenge of creating any content for a game like d and I mean players have such a personal connection to the material that they may feel inclined something is too strong or weak to properly fit what they would like to see their character accomplish but you know what my character did accomplish was beating you this week five to two Woo. so Thank you, Connor, for Tome of Warfare, which is a really fun product that is, as we mentioned before, over 200 pages and available on DMs Guild for the low, low price of, I believe it is $14.99. And so guys, our next episode, we will be building something very near and dear to our hearts, and that is Pokemon Trainers.
1: Yeah, that's right, Garen, and guys, if you aren't even Pokemon fans, be sure to tune in next week because the quality of the content that's being featured is really, really good. Also wanted to take a moment to thank you guys for your patience with us while we took a couple of weeks off to catch up on all of the content that we have to review, create characters with, as well as record and then post-produce these episodes. It's a lot of work on this show, and I'm by no means complaining, but we run lean. Garen and I do everything associated with this show. If you've ever built a character for D&D, I'm sure you can imagine how much work goes into each and every one of these episodes. So, if you appreciate what we're doing here, if you enjoy these episodes, I just ask you kindly, please head on over to our Patreon, check out the available tiers. Anything that you can do to support our show is greatly appreciated, and it helps us out immensely and keeps the lights on as an added benefit.
0: Yes, uh, we absolutely love this show. Our apologies to anyone that has their content in line to be on the show. It may take a little bit longer, but we still want to get to all of it.
1: Indeed. So until that point in time, guys, just remember when it comes to character creation, it doesn't have to be optimized.
0: It just has to be fun. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Lab, and all episodes for that matter.
1: Yeah, but if you left this episode just wanting more, you can join us on Patreon for tons of bonus content. At our lowest tier, you can join our Discord and participate in fan battles and have access to all PDF content that we post. You can even chat with us throughout the
0: day. For just a little bit more, you get two bonus episodes a month and access to the entire backlog of Fight Clubs, Monster Labs, and special interviews that we've been pumping out since March of 2018.
1: Patrons in the next tier get early access to our regular show, sometimes as much as nine days prior to release date. They also get PDFs of the character sheets for the characters that we've built in the 2019 episodes and beyond, and they can submit a smooth operator or spitting fire charisma scenario that we will use in each and every episode.
0: And our top, top tier patrons get merch a couple times a year, have a chance to submit characters, and can sway the fates with automatic crits and fails on our charisma rolls during the show. At any level, we hope to bring you more fun. We love working
1: on this show, and the support of our patrons helps continue to make it better.
0: If you're digging the new audio production that began in 2019, just know that it wouldn't be possible without those that already donate.
1: And we have more plans to beef up the lab, and we need your help to do it. But however you support us, we thank you. We hope to
0: have you back next week. Head over to our Facebook and Twitter at DD Character Lab for some previews of what to expect and lots of links to other great community content.
1: Until Wednesday, peace, love, and point bye. And listeners, now that Garen has gone over the show's format, the most astute of you will note that this has a striking resemblance to the game of basketball.
0: It does? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know we were playing basketball. I would have at least put some clothes on.